The book of Ephesians chapter 2 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Last week, we talked about a piece of God's puzzle and how you are a piece in God's puzzle and how it takes every piece to create the full picture of the puzzle, that God uses each one of us. But I, I want to kind of end this series by saying this, God calls us to a service that's far beyond we could ever think or imagine. We were put on this planet. We were put on this earth to make a contribution. God designed you and he's designed me to make a difference in our lives. We just read in the book of Ephesians that we are his workmanship, that he created us to do good works. And he created us in advance. In other words, God thought this out and had a plan for you before you were a plan. And in that plan, he gave you gifts and he gave you abilities and he gave you talents and he made you unique. Like we learned last week, you are a individual piece in God's puzzle. But God designed you as a piece in that puzzle for service. He designed you as a piece in that puzzle to make a difference in your life. You were just not created to consume resources, to eat, to breathe, and to take up space. You were created to give life, to have a purpose, and to accomplish a plan that God has for you even before you knew that God had a plan for you. God created you to help other people. It's just simply not possible to be a Christian and not serve. If your Christianity involves a life of non-serving, you are an oxymoron. There is no Christian walk in which we do not take up the cross and follow him. And that's not about God giving us comfort. That's about God creating in us a character so that we shine forth the purpose that he put in our hearts and our lives to begin with. He says in the book of Romans chapter 7, Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong one to another. In other words, we die to the law so that we could be a part of God's family. We could be a part of God's plan. To him, was, to him who was raised from the dead, to do what? In order that we might bear fruit for God. In other words, our Christian lives should be bearing fruit. If you're not producing fruit, you are useless. And Jesus tells a story 
Not my story. It comes across kind of mean, but it's just simply the truth. And that is a vine that doesn't produce has to be removed. Why? Because it's pulling the resources from that that will produce. Now, there's times that, that in the production of our fruit that God prunes and God cuts back so that we continue to be fruitful and we continue to multiply, but God has called us to a life of service. God's given you gifts. First of all, you have to believe that you have those gifts, and second of all, you have to believe that God wants to use those gifts in you because God made you to be you. Not made you to be anybody else. When you get to heaven, you're not going to be judged on the basis of how you compared to your sister, how you compared to your brother, how you compared to the person that sits in front of you or behind you at church. You're going to be compared with the gifts, the abilities, and the talents that God gave you. Are you with me this morning? Can I share a story real quick? Once upon a time, there were some animals who wanted to start a school. So they decided the courses would include running, climbing, and swimming, and flying. They decided that all the animals should take all the courses. And that's where the problem started. The duck was better than his teacher at swimming. He only made passing grades in flying, and he was a horrible runner. So they made him drop swimming and stay after school to practice running. But this caused his little webbed feet to be worn badly and his grade began to drop to just below average in swimming in which he was good at in the first place. But everybody felt less threatened by his ability to swim and more comfortable with him even though he was an excellent swimmer they felt more comfortable, everybody except the duck. Well, the rabbit started off at the top of his class. Are you with me? Hang on. But because he had so much makeup work and swimming, he caught pneumonia and had to drop out of school. Well, the squirrel showed outstanding ability in his climbing, but was extremely frustrating when it came to flying class because the teacher insisted that he start from the ground rather than climb the tree and jump from treetop to treetop. He developed little Charlie horses in his little squirrel legs from overextension and ended up with a C in climbing and a D in running. The eagle, he was the problem child. He was the problem student and was disciplined for being a nonconformist. For instance, in climbing class, he beat all of the other people to the top of the tree because he insisted on flying. Finally, because he refused to participate in the swimming class, he was expelled. And as you can imagine, the animal school simply did not work because different animals were designed to excel in specific ways. They can't be expected to do all of the other things. A duck was made to be a duck and not anything else. 
And the moral of this story is simply this. It's the same with people. God has designed each person, each person different from all other people. And when you expect everyone to fit in the same mold, the result is frustration, discouragement, mediocrity, failure, and dropout. God wants you to be you. God created you to be a voice and not an echo of everybody else. And I'm always amazed that in church, it's kind of like we feel like there are certain things that if you do those things, that those things carry prestige or, uh, you know, those are the things that I want to do and those are the things that maybe people see and they'll appreciate and I'll find acceptance. But what you need to do is be comfortable doing what God has called you to do. Have you ever watched American Idol? Come on, folks. I just watched the first part of it. Not because I want to see the talented people. There's talented people everywhere. I want to see the people that have no talent but think they do. And I want to hear him say, yo, dog, yo, dog. No, this is not your gig. You can't. Like, I often wonder, where is your mom? Like, wait, what? Is there not anybody in your family? Do you have a sibling? Because surely they would have told you, you stink and you shouldn't sing. When you're a duck, be a duck and be proud of being a duck. When you're a squirrel, be a squirrel and be proud that you're a squirrel. When you're an eagle, be an eagle and be proud of who God has created you to be. Stop trying to be what God has not created you to be. Be who God's created you to be. My question to you today is simply this. What will you do with what God has given you? What will you do with what God has given you? Because you have a responsibility. Do you realize that one day you'll stand before God and you'll give an account? You won't give an account of what I do. You won't give an account of what your spouse does. You'll give an account over what you do and the things that you have been entrusted to. You'll stand before God and you'll have to answer for all the gifts and all the abilities that he gave you. And he's simply going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? First Peter 4 says, as we've received a gift, use it to serve another as good stewards of God's varied grace. In other words, use what God has given us to bless other people, to simply bless other people. We need you to use your gifts and your abilities for the glory of God, to do what God has called you to do and to be who God has called you. And at this church, we celebrate you. At this church, we honor you, and we find room for you to do what God has called you and what God has gifted you to do. Now, there are people here I know right now, the devil's telling you that you have no gifts and you have no abilities and you have nothing to offer. And I'm here to tell you today that we've read scripture, we preach three messages, it's a lie. Stop living the lie. Stop buying into the message of the enemy. We just read God created you, a workmanship, you with gifts and abilities to be used for his glory. 
He's given you those unique and, 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 and special abilities to simply serve other people. And when we live in a society that simply tells us that it's always about us and it's always about what we get and it's always about what serves us best, yet we have a Bible that tells us that God gives us those things so that we can bless other people. God's said, I've called you together. I've given you grace. I've given you mercy so that you can come together as a family and so that you can make a difference in my world. So be who God's simply created you to be. Allow God to use you as his instruments. Today, I believe in thousands of churches across America, the churches are dying. I don't want to get into all the statistics of how many churches will shut their doors this week and how many people will stop going to church this week. But I believe there's one fundamental factor in all of that. And it's when God's people decide that they are spectators rather than the church. That they've relegated the ministry to a building and a place rather than a body and an individual. And the moment that you do that, the moment that you take the body of Christ and relegate them to some formal organization, all you, ha- all you will have is dead, lifeless religion that changes no lives. And it is no wonder that it dies. But when you have the body of Christ that's willing to come together And in all of our uniqueness, in all of our brokenness, in all of our mess, and in all of our joys, and in all of our defeats, come together and decide to lock arms, there is nothing that can stop that kind of godly army. There's no gate gate in hell that can prevail against the church that is moving forward in unity by the cause of Christ. Stand with me today.